Leadership Institute podcast. My name is Brian Malinsky, and I'm sitting here today with Carol Malinsky, our Director of Content and Curriculum for the Institute. How's it going, Carol? Good morning. And we are really excited to start a new series today, and that series is, is titled, What Makes a Good Leader? So today, we're going to start off by defining what a leader is, and we're also going to be looking at one of the first behaviors that we have which is called serving first and at the institute we feel like that's really the beginning of um, starting to convert yourself into a servant leader so just first off we just wanted to roughly define what we feel like is a leader so carol what's your definition it's really a great place to start brian um we define a leader as basically one who influences. So leadership is influence. Um, many of you are familiar with the great leadership uh, guru, if you will, John Maxwell. And that's what John shares, that leadership is influence. And so all of us are leaders somewhere, sometime mm-hmm. um, in our lives. And we found through our training um, that, you know, and meeting people out there in the world that a lot of folks, if they don't have a title of some sort, like supervisor of or manager of, they don't recognize themselves as being leaders. And so we've had to uh, really work on that with folks to help them to understand that anytime you influence another human being, you are leading them. Mm. And so that's that's really how we define it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we want to do this series and talk about what makes a good leader. And so I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. from your perspective, um, what is a good leader? Well, uh, I think it it comes down to a for uh, a few key attributes for me, um, and and uh, this is basically just what I find to be a good leader for myself, um, someone mm. who I I like to be led by. Mm-hmm. Um, and first is uh, someone, regardless of the environment or or the particular situation that you're in, if someone has a clear vision for you. Um, uh, that's really, really important for me. Um, someone who I can rely on to go to and they can uh, they can let me know uh, what the bigger picture is, what the goals are. Um, yeah, just someone who has a plan mm-hmm. um, is really, uh, really helpful for me in a leader. Um, secondly, someone who is a, a great listener. So someone who I can always go to and not feel like if I have things that I need to um, express to someone, they're actually going to be taken instead of being, uh, you know, um, looked over and and, uh, dismissed. So someone who's a really good leader or someone who's a really good listener and um, someone who is also very motivated to equip people. So with Mm. whether that's... um, with the information that they hold. So someone who likes to provide great information and educate people, that's a great way of equipping someone. Um, But then also uh, someone who's motivated to find out what their people that they're leading needs. So if there's even down to the supplies that people need. If uh, a good leader is someone who asks those questions and says, hey, what exactly do you need in order to, you know, fulfill this project or complete this task or you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And then finally, someone who's just honest. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the best thing is is just true honesty. And I think that a great leader, one of the most honest things that a great leader can do is say that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and understand that um, a, 
an environment of transparency is really important yeah. um, when you're trying to complete anything with with other people. Um, so a great leader, you know, allows allows their their people to know, okay, this is the vision. I don't know exactly how we're going to do it, but we're going to get there some, somehow. So, so let me ask you a little bit more about that um, vision piece. So what I'm hearing you say is you want your leader to have a vision of where you're going. Is that, does that encompass um, you know, sort of the overall organization? Or do you want someone who has a vision for you specifically? Yeah, I think the, the, the answer to that is kind of relative to, to the, um, the particular situation that you're talking about. Um, but to, um, and it depends on, on which leader we're talking about. I, I think that if we're talking about the leader as a CEO or a leader as a founder of the, of the organization, um, uh, being able to know what the or he he sees the organiza- he or she sees the organization um, doing and where the organization is going to be going as a whole, but then also, like I said before, it actually does go into the listening category and the 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 equipping category of of looking at your people and going, hey, each I, I would like to see each one of these individuals have a trajectory of their own, mm-hmm. and to not only start mining with that person what that trajectory is what where is where is your employee's goal and you as leader going okay this is what i've heard you wanting to do this is what i feel like we can do for you and yeah let's go ahead and make this path for you so yeah developing a vision is really important too um but i think I think that goes more into the listening and more into the equipping than um, just having this this bigger overarching vision of, of an organization. I think that's more um, development of vision between you and your employee. Yeah, um, it's interesting that you bring that up because um, when I started in this, you know, learning about servant leadership and trying to um, incorporate servant leadership into my life and my dealings with you know the people at work I you know when I was you know a small department um, and within my department I just came up with a department vision mm-hmm. and um, that felt really good I don't know that that that's sort of universally done mm-hmm. a lot of times I think you know especially when you're in a a mid-level position you're in this world of um, you know I'm leading people but I'm also doing the job mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times and um, you know to stop and take the time and have a vision for where you want the group to go mm-hmm. and maybe that's something you can do in collaboration with the other people mm-hmm. but then to take it a step farther and and you should really have a vision for each person that, that you're responsible for mm-hmm. um, and try your best to get that fulfilled for them. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think that's an area that a lot of companies lack in. We get somebody to do a job mm-hmm. and we go, okay, cool, we got that job taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, be a good employee, <laughs> be a good employee and do, a, do good work and yeah. everything will be fine. But we don't always think of what's the next step for them. And especially when we see that their gifts may be ones that will take them out of your department. Yeah. Or even out of the company. Exactly. That's, to, that's there's a sort of a level of, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, maturity. Yeah. That lets you approach people that way mm-hmm. you know thinking really helping them as as art would say helping them with the unfolding of their life's events oh yeah yeah i think that uh, you know you bring up a good point because it also it, it it makes it makes you want to question a leader that's that's thinking that way what their motives are 
Mm-hmm. Um, so are they looking at their employees through a selfish lens and going, hey, these are my employees. I, I need them for what my tasks are to complete, yeah. what my, what my, uh, my directives are. Mm-hmm. And um, I, need, I need them for as long as I need them. <laughs> which completely negates any trajectory like we've been talking about, trajectory that they have for themselves. And mind you, this could be with people that their jobs are entry level. So they understand, and it's probably a pretty high percentage of those people are doing a job that is not what their goal is. You know, (laughs) they're not wanting, they're not wanting their goal to be in a shipping department or in, you know, uh, uh, you know, entry level at a retail store or answering phones. They probably want to be creative directors they probably want to be heads of accounting they probably want to be some sort of a manager of themselves or running their own company one day yeah so yeah i think it's really important to be looking at your employees very honestly with yourself and going okay in all honesty here how long do i have this person for their benefit how long will it take for them to experience, get experience, gain experience, and gain the knowledge that they can get from this particular position that they're in? How long can, can our company uh, advance them and put them into new and exciting positions closer to what their end goal is? Um, and then, like you said, how long until they kind of outgrow our organization and they need to go and find another place? And can I help them with that? Which yeah. is something that, that Art has always talked about with, with his people is, let, you know, if we can't f- facilitate that person anymore, we would be happy to go and help you find, you know, find them a new place to go. That's going to be the you know, most beneficial for them. So, yeah. There's another aspect to that that I think it's important to mention, though, Brian, because not everybody wants to be the creative director. Oh, yeah, definitely. And when you have folks that are perfectly happy doing a certain job, mm-hmm. we also have a responsibility then to help them to be the absolute best they can be in that job. Mm-hmm. And so for them, the development plan might be additional classes in that particular subject, mm-hmm. um, you know, reading you could recommend to them, um, just helping them to be, you know, the best possible person in that role mm-hmm. because they may be perfectly happy there. Yeah. And, and we need to honor and respect that as well. Yeah, definitely. But to take a look at each individual that's in your group and have a plan for them, whatever that plan may be, mm-hmm. I think is really important. And I think it's something, unfortunately, that um, just gets missed a lot of times. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I would agree with that yeah. for sure. Yeah. And now the, I, I, have a, I have a question for you. And so when we talk about leadership, it's a whole lot different in, uh, than what I think most people would would think leaders are labeled to be um, because what we truly believe like you brought up before is that leadership really is just influence um, and having the opportunity to influence for the better or for the worse that's what we look at being a good leader and being a bad leader in any situation now when we mean any situation we mean literally any situation within your day so when you're going and standing in line and you have that opportunity to go and help someone out that is in need you choosing to do that rather than turn your back you have influenced that person one way or another Mm -hmm. and then that translates right into work life and family life as well so but do you think that that's that is um redefining the this the idea that there are leaders and there are followers. And what do you think that can now kind of be redefined as? I think for me, um, 
each person has an opportunity of being a leader and a follower and it's very there's an ebb and flow there um and i know that within sli and within the servant leadership model you tend to find that uh the idea of leadership within an organization is kind of like a spotlight that moves around <laughs> from from person to person yeah and Art has these great analogies of, of, of having symphonies and allowing um, when, when, when a particular musician within a symphony has a solo, that's their time to step out front and really showcase their talent. And now the leader or the orchestrator of that symphony is still in the background. He hasn't gone anywhere, but he's in the background now. So he's no longer trying to be in the limelight and I think that that's a real great analogy of the fact that when it goes to leaders and followers, um, that's, that's, that was a concept that I think is um, abused a lot and kind of puts people down and, and makes them feel a little demoralized and saying, I am just a follower <laughs> and I never have this opportunity to be a leader myself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is... Uh, something that changes and I think a good leader has the ability to be able to look at a situation and make the decision that in this particular situation with this group of people I need to follow mm -hmm. and that takes strength for a lot of folks Oh yeah, because when you're when you have certain qualities, maybe you're, you know, pretty, uh, you know, you're not shy, you're not afraid to give your opinion, give input and so forth. You'd have a tendency to get put in leadership positions mm -hmm. when you're in a group of people. Yeah. And, you know, you're the one that everybody steps, takes one step back and you're the one left in the front. Um, but to have that wisdom of knowing you know, when it's wise for you to follow and to be able to follow. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, to me, is almost like a gift, particularly with people that are used to always being the leader. Mm -hmm. For them to step back, um, you know, it takes uh, courage mm -hmm. and confidence mm -hmm. in, your, uh, in your coworkers, for one thing, to say, yeah, these people got it, you know. Oh, and, yeah. and I'm going to contribute, but uh -huh. I'm just going to contribute from a different place. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and so going, going in and, and shifting a little bit here, we, we were talking about um, this idea of serving first. Mm -hmm. And for me, I love this behavior. I think that for me, it's one of the strongest out of the nine that we, we talk about at SLI. Uh, because... It's um, it's very much two pronged. There's two there's two distinct uh, portions of of this. Is um, while it's it's about serving others first and and looking at other people. So so keeping keeping those eyes out for opportunities to serve others every single day. It's it also has an internal aspect to it and. Um, it means making sure that you're serving yourself. Now, serving yourself properly by allowing you to grow to the leader that you're you're wanting to be by fueling yourself, making sure that you're constantly being fed um, and not being depleted um, from the the needed resources that you need to continue to be the best that you can be. So. I think that that's really, really interesting, and I'd, I'd like to expand upon that a little bit. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the longer I've been, you know, dealing with this subject of leadership and, and servant leadership specifically, the more um, this has become a real sort of hot button for me because I look around at uh, younger people, today, not to sound like an old woman, but um, I see a lot of younger people who um, have to be busy. 
Mm-hmm. And it isn't just younger people, it's people my generation as well. Oh, I'm so, that's our response now. It's not, um, you know, somebody says, hi, how are you? It used to be that Joey said, oh, you know, I, I'm fine. What you hear a lot now is, oh, I'm just so busy. Mm-hmm. Just so busy. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a badge of honor. You know, I'm so busy. Yeah. I'd love to hear somebody say, yeah, you know, I'm not really busy because I took some time for myself this morning and, you know, went down and read a book at the beach for a half hour. Yeah. I mean, we are just incensed with this constant need to fill our time. Yeah. And, you know, that's very old saying that you can't give what you don't have. Mm. And so if you need to give your, your, the people that report to you, if you need to give them your time, you need to give them your knowledge and expertise, you need to give them the respect of listening to them, truly listening to them and their issues. Um, you need to give them the time to develop a path for them. You can't do all of that if you are not replenished yourself mm-hmm. if you don't take that time to nurture yourself in some way or other mm-hmm. you know we talk about thinking about your thinking and how important reflection is to thinking about your thinking and you know we can we can play that tune a million times but it needs to be practiced yeah definitely. we can't just talk about it we need to actually do it mm-hmm and even if it's, you know, five minutes mm-hmm. a day to start with, um, we need to start giving ourselves that time. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, time that is away from social media, away from the TV set, um, away from any kind of distraction, uh, to just spend that time with yourself. And um, it's amazing what brilliant ideas will come mm-hmm. <laughs> come into your head <laughs> and problems that can be resolved and all kinds of things like that but you know as a leader you just simply cannot keep going at that pace and um I don't think it's really possible to be others focused when you're that busy with stuff I think it's really easy to become um, too focused on yourself mm. when you're that busy. I have to do this. I have to do that. Mm. You know, I have to be here. Um, and so I think it's I think it's vital. I don't think you can serve people well if you don't have that worked out in your life. And it sounds funny, you know. Um, I have to serve myself first, um, but it's it's true. I mean, I'm not going to be any good to anybody if I'm exhausted and stressed out and all that. Yeah, I think it. I, I think it. Uh, it creates. A, it, it redefines the concept of serving first um, to me, for sure. Because what I'm hearing you say is, serving first does not mean that you should ignore self mm-hmm. um, and in today's you know environment um, being selfless is something to be uh, honored and while it is um, that doesn't mean that you're supposed to completely ignore your needs um, it actually um, requires more time spent alone and more time spent (laughs) with you and yourself me myself and I to uh, to properly understand what you need a lot of people don't give themselves the opportunity to even know what they need Um, and unfortunately what ends up happening is they don't end up Addressing issues until it ends up resulting into some bad physical manifestation, Absolutely. whether that's uh, stress that leads to outbursts at the home um, because they can't talk about it with anybody at work, 
um, anxiety <laughs> attacks, uh, uh, dietary problems, and and uh, you know other ailments. But what we're talking about is not something that a lot of people. It's not some new new age transition, and we're not telling everybody on this podcast that they need to start doing yoga or they need to start, you know, meditating every day or anything like that. Right. But um, it's as simple as getting up out of your desk and changing your environment for 10, 15, 20 minutes, meaning going outside and walking around the building. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, the change in perspective that you get from that simple of an activity um, to just rearrange your thought process and rearrange how if you're if you're looking at a particular project that you're trying to attack and maybe you hit a roadblock instead of trying to sit there and, and and grind it out just get up and go walk around it really doesn't take very long at all I've timed it myself <laughs> <laughs> and it it really does take about less than 10 minutes a couple laps around your building and go back upstairs you feel a little bit more invigorated vibrant because you you're getting the blood flowing and medically speaking that actually does work you know it it fires it fires your brain up again um so that you start to reignite that creativity um and that excitement in what you're trying to do unfortunately we try and 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 process the day through uh caffeinated beverages um, to so to true. counteract um, lack of sleep because we're over overworked and um, and overextended and overextended and unfortunately <laughs> I mean it, I I would I would want to ask everybody who's listening today how much time are you actually allocating to particular projects and is that does that project actually require that much time meaning are you doing it and are you working so busily and so frantically that you're not looking for the best and shortest uh, way of completing that project the best strategic way of, of mm -hmm. attacking that where in the front end yes maybe it would take a meeting to sit down and go okay how are we going to address this problem or how are we going to achieve this goal but if you had some time to storyboard out the way in which you're going to attack it, it may be achieved a whole lot easier than trying to just go in full bore and try and just get it done as fast as possible while making errors, while having to correct those errors, and then all of a sudden your day is lost. Mm -hmm. When you were trying, all you were trying to do was just get it done as quickly as possible but n not as strategically yeah so what I'm hearing you say is that many times in in leadership and to be able to serve other people you really got to lead yourself yeah and so that that exercise of looking for the strategy and the most strategic way to do what you need to do is really a quality of leadership mm -hmm. and um you know, it's the person that follows the routine that's been followed, that was followed by the guy before them doing the job. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then it came down to they, they were trained, and now they're doing it, and they use steps one through ten. Mm -hmm. um, that's not, you're not leading yourself in mm -hmm. that scenario. Mm hmm you're not looking and analyzing and thinking, how can I do this better in mm -hmm. order to serve yourself and how you feel about your job. But also, ultimately, you'll be serving others mm -hmm. by what you do and by being more strategic, taking better care of yourself the whole nine. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and again, this is, this is all situational. So it's mm -hmm. really important for people listening right now to know that you're going to get these, the, you're going to get individuals within your organization that need to have things spelled out for them. And that's, that's just how they like to operate. They like to, right. they like to have everything and they like to have a protocol. They like to have mm -hmm. steps A through Z. Um, 
So, and then other people are, are, are the creative, more abstract, where they can look at an end goal and say, hey, I just want to go and try and figure this out on my own. And, and uh, you know, kind of, uh, I, I'm fine with reinventing the wheel on the process in which I'm going to get this done. So everyone is unique, so you need to be addressing this, th those situations in a very unique way. So I think it goes when you go back down to the individual level of serving yourself first, understanding who you are. Mm -hmm. Are you a person who is more of a type A, I, I, I like a list, I like to check things off of a list, I like to be able to go and do, do all those things. I like to read, how, I like to read manuals or I like to, I like to sit down and, ha and figure out how it was done before I got here, mm -hmm. before I was supposed to be doing this, this, this job who was doing it and who was doing it the best way possible. I want to be able to do that. Or are you the person that goes a little bit more visionary where you go, I think that I can do this better. And I think that I can, uh, I think that I can reinvent this. Mm -hmm. um, that takes a whole lot of self-discovery, um, self-examination, um, and, emotional maturity as well um, to be able to go and look and say okay this is who I am this is how I operate this is what I, this is what makes me tick this is what makes me not tick this is what motivates me um, and then going forward and being able to now that you have developed yourself now you can go in and start developing others and helping them develop themselves yeah. which is even more important yeah very definitely well we talked about vision mm -hmm. And we really talked, I think, about your your uh, aspect of equipping that you know you mentioned earlier when you were talking about what really makes a good leader. And we talked about um, we didn't really talk too much about being a listener. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the toughest one. You know, we have clients all over the U.S. and. When we ask people, you know, what's, what's the, the practice that you have the most trouble with, it usually is listening to understand. Mm -hmm. And to me, this is like a constant battle to really listen to people mm -hmm. and to not be um, distracted by other things. Or probably a bigger one for me is... Um, and I've gotten, fortunately, I, I think I can say I've gotten a lot better at this, but I used to be very focused. On, I would start thinking about how to respond before the person finished what they were going to say. Exactly. And so, you know, they'd be talking, but I'd only be half listening because I'd already be thinking about how I wanted to respond. <laughs> Pardon me. So the listening is, you know, sounds so simple, but it's really, really tough. Yeah, it is. <coughs> yeah, I think um, in order to understand how, how difficult it is, you need to understand what listening is up against. Um, and <laughs> when you're in a business um, that has uh, very important timelines and due dates um, and fueled by productivity and profits and things like that, um, time is of, of the essence. And uh, time is something that is um, we're running out of all the time within a business. <laughs> um, and time is what uh, listening needs so much of. And that's, that's where I think the, the, <laughs> the, the problem lies, is the fact that you need you have this thing that is so important that gives so much value to people um, that uh, alleviates so much stress so much uh, so much unneeded uh, problems um, good listening allows for everyone in the room to be on the same page um, it allows someone to fully extend out all the things that are going on with them, their perspective on, on 
things, like how they view things, it's the only way that they can communicate is by expressing themselves. And if, for one, um, it's important that they do that. So, you know, being a good, you know, person of expression and making sure that you're you're getting out what you need to get out, not suppressing any of that stuff, but also everybody in the room being able to listen. And I think unfortunately too, fortunately and unfortunately, you know, <laughs> us as human, human beings, we have um, the trait of being predictive. So um, it helps when you're trying, when you're reading a book, you can kind of assume what the end of that sentence is going to be. Um, but what we end up doing is tra is transferring that same uh, that same trait into our conversations, and unfortunately, it completely negates the fact that people are very unique and very unpredictable, um, even if they are generally predictable. So, meaning. If you have been in the same, and this is this is why listening is so difficult, because you can, for for the amount of time that you spend with your employees, you start learning more about them. We're constantly learning, so. But assuming that you're going to know what that person is going to say, and not only assuming, because you can assume we can, we assume all day long, but just don't act on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So assume in your own head and say, oh, okay, I'm pretty sure you, what, what he's going to, where he's going here with this, you know, concept. But never understand or, or never actually put that out into fruition by action, by saying, by stifling that person's, uh, you know, uh, statement or thought process and saying, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. We, we, we got to go down, you know, um, Again, this is pitted right against the fact that you do have deadlines, you do have things that are going on, and obviously we understand that you can't just sit in a meeting room all day long and have everybody's thoughts released <laughs> all at the same time because we're right. supposed to be in this great free utopian you know, uh, environment where everybody is, is free of self-expression and uh, for self-expression and, and things like that. We should all be tolerant listening to every single thing that everybody uh, everybody says um, we understand that that you need to um, you need to be strategic with your listening so allowing for times and places that that really good conversation and listening is um, is warranted and accepted um, so one-on-one -on -one meetings making sure that everything's clarified within a meeting um, and we have great uh, we have great listening techniques that actually help um, the conversation move along. Um, we've been practicing it in this conversation right now, um, where when I say a statement or a series of statements, you, as, as the listener, are taking mental notes and then also reiterating to me, which is adding value to me, right. saying, okay, so, so what, I, what I have heard you say is this, and then you reiterate something. I feel great. I feel heard. I feel like you understand and we have a good communication. I don't feel like you've trailed off. Hmm. I don't feel like I've lost you at all. And it makes me feel good about me. So my confidence level goes up now too. So listening's tremendous. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely does have, uh, it, it's pitted up against uh, some problems for sure. And time is a big one. Well, and I think too that, you know, we, we talk about, a person listening so that obviously says that there's somebody speaking and trying to communicate with us I think there's responsibility on both sides of the table the person that is speaking particularly in the work situation where as you described there's deadlines there's you know projects that have to be completed the person speaking also has to be aware of you know, am I over speaking this? Oh yeah. Am I, am I not saying enough? Am I saying too much? What are really the important things? And I think you know your your communication in a business setting um, is probably different than what you would do. You know, if you're at home talking to your significant other, or 
your child even, um, you know, it's going to change the, the amount, the words you use, that kind of thing, obviously. So, so I guess what I'm really getting at is that there's, for a leader, there's responsibility on both sides as a communicator oh, and as a listener. Definitely. And then when, and when, you know, all the parties are aware of that and are practicing that or doing their best to practice that, that's when it really jives and really works well. Well, and I think that what you're what what you can categorize what you just expressed is again, you're motivated to equip people mm-hmm. and equipping them in the best possible way. Right, right. Meaning, depending on what uh, department you're talking to, they have a different jargon. They mm-hmm. have a different language. Yes, that's so true. So. I'm not going to go down or I'm not going to come in on Monday and expect that I can have the same conversation that I did at the barbecue on Saturday mm-hmm. in the same exact way. I'm in a professional setting. And if I go down to the manufacturing floor and I start talking to those guys about product, I can't talk to them the same way in which I would talk to my creative department about how to properly edit a video or edit a photo, or get that ad out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a new jargon. Right. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, the easiest one is ta- is is talking between a creative department and something like accounting. Two completely different things. But if right. you're motivated to equip, you're realizing, okay, what do these people need? Do they need me to have a conversation with them, or do they just need the facts? Do they need the, yeah. so so a conversation is going to look very different between, depending on what environment you're in. If someone needs the details right now because we have a deadline of three hours from now and I need to write up this proposal, I need to know exactly what you need in that in that and and the urgency and so the the um, way in which I give you that information is going to be a whole lot faster and shorter and and just to the point Mm -hmm. um you know but again everybody's different so being the good responsible leader that you are you need to know okay do i know my people do i know how they receive information properly that's a huge difference too is that some people have just gotten brought up differently and they're from different ways of life they receive information differently you know, there could be the tactical person that, that can totally understand um, the crazy technical jargon and all that kind of stuff. And then there's other people that have, have grown up getting all their information through story and through expansion, through, you know, they want to know the background of, oh, uh, give me the situation in which I could use this. And, and you know, or, you know, I want to <laughs> know what happened to you and an experience and, you know, all this kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. And you end up having a little bit lengthier of a conversation in order to to teach them or educate them or give them what they need. So, yeah, it's 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 all very unique. But to be able to be a good leader is to is to know that you may need to be able to speak a whole lot of different ways. Um, and if you can be versatile with your people, the same if you can have unique conversation the same way in which you have unique people um, that mm. you manage. Yeah, and change it up accordingly. And change it up accordingly. And know that your way is not the best way. And it may feel weird, but yeah, it's not. And it doesn't have to be hokey that you need to change, you know, into using slang terms that, yeah. you, like, yeah. you know, just to yeah, just to get it. to your millennials. You know, it's it, it doesn't keep have it to. Keep it real, people. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything like that, but just, you know, they'll see your heart if right. you're really trying. Right. So, yeah. um but yeah, people are unique, and I think conversations are going to be equally unique. Yeah. So let's let me just summarize a little bit before we sign off today, and that is, you know, this is really the first in a series that we want to start about what makes a good leader. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be hearing from Brian and I. You're going to be hearing from some other people as well mm-hmm. on this topic. And so today, in in particular, we talked about what is a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian gave us some great input on what he finds important in a leader, clear vision, being a good listener, equipping, and honesty. Mm -hmm. 
And we also talked about the concept of serving first and how important it is to use a little self-care and lead yourself in the best way possible in order that you in order for you to have something to really give to other people. So that's it in a nutshell from here. Anything you'd like to add to that, Brian? Yeah, I think that um, for for a lot of leaders to, to to understand that the sometimes the best way of, of feeding yourself is for uh, using a concept that we have developed here called the teaspoon mm, method. Yes. Um, so that just means that um, it doesn't have to be some overbearing concept that you you are saying I want to be a better leader, so I need to go to Barnes and Noble and get twenty books, and I need to <laughs> read you know a book a week or something like that, which um, could be very a, a very daunting task. So um, making sure that you can get these bite-sized developmental you know um, pieces um, that you can incorporate very easily throughout your day, um, see if they work. So so testing things is really important too, mm-hmm. because again, you're a unique leader. So make sure that you are using um, the information that you're getting to your own benefit and to your people's benefit. Um, and so a, a great way in which that you can do that is, is what we have tried to provide our, our, our listeners and, and you know, other advocates of servant leadership. Um, on our website, you're able to go and, and uh, sign up for our mailing list, which, which um, gives you weekly tips. And these are super, super bite-sized um, pieces of information. Um, and all it is is it is just a tip that we we want you to try and incorporate throughout the rest of your week, um, and we have those running all year long, um, and we made those for a reason because we understood and we're we're big advocates of the teaspoon method that you need to make sure that you're just feeling yourself one little bit at a time, um, and not uh, trying to um, swallow too much at, at at once because. We, we feel like you'll, you end up kind of forgetting if you end up going to um, end up trying to, to intake too much at one time. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that's super important that, that we wanted to add. Yeah, um, thanks. Thanks sure. a lot for mentioning that. That's, that is very important. Yeah. And so um, like Carol said, we, we have no idea how many of these we're going to do. Um, in all honesty, I think that we're going to go through and just start asking people what we've, what they feel makes a good leader, and we're going to start attacking um, and breaking down a lot of the behaviors that we talk about. Um, so it could be four episodes, it could be six episodes, um, it could be more than that. Um, but another thing that would really benefit us is um, is you guys letting us know what you feel a good leader is. Um, and, but that requires you guys to email us. <laughs> and so, but we want to hear from you guys. So um, please email us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com and just let us know exactly what you find uh, to be the best traits of a good leader and of a good servant leader. Um, because we'll be able to talk about it on here and we'll be able to dissect that and, and talk about that more and expand on it. So um, I, I would be really excited to see the feedback that we get from you guys. So. Yeah, that'd be super. Yeah. And don't forget, we have our registration now open for Servant Leadership Conference 2018. Mm-hmm. Shift into drive. Yeah, super <laughs> exciting. Navigating Servant Leadership. We're really, really excited about this one will be probably the most interactive conference we have had in, well, this will be the eighth year. Yeah. So um, really, really looking forward to it. And early bird pricing is in effect, guys, so register. Yeah, definitely. And so for now, this is um, this is uh, us at the Servant Leadership Institute and, and for this podcast signing off. And we can't wait to, to uh, talk about more things next week. So thank you, Carol. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And for more information on the Servant Leadership Institute, visit us on our website. That's www.servantleadershipinstitute.com. 
and registration is now open for our 2018 Servant Leadership Conference titled Shift into Drive. On stage, we have the pleasure of having presentations by our founder, Art Barter, as well as Mark Miller, VP of Training and Development for Chick-fil-A. Returning from last year, we have Vicki Clark and also Ken Blanchard, with more speakers to be announced soon. The conference will be held at the Marriott Marquis in San Diego, California, February 19th and 20th, with a complimentary networking event, February 18th. And you can also subscribe now to receive our weekly tips by going onto our website. These are great short tips that are intended to challenge and motivate you while you are going through your servant leadership journey. And finally, we would love you to grab a copy of our latest publication, The Servant Leadership Journal, written by SLI founder and CEO Art Barter. This is an 18-week journey to transform you and your organization, available now on our website and on Amazon.com. Thank you for listening and allowing us to add value to your day. Honesty, I think that we're going to go through and just start asking people what we feel like we're going to start attacking um, and breaking down a lot of the behaviors that we talk about. Um, so it could be four episodes, it could be six episodes, um, it could be more than that. Um, but another thing that w- would really benefit us is um, uh, is you guys letting us know what you feel a good leader is. Um, and But that requires you guys to email us. <laughs> and so, but we wanna hear from you guys. So um, please email us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com and just let us know exactly what you find uh, to be the best traits of a good leader and of a good servant leader. Um, Because we'll be able to talk about it on here and we'll be able to dissect that and and talk about that more and expand on it. So um, I I would be really excited to see the feedback that we get from you guys. Yeah, that'd be super. Yeah. And don't forget, we have our registration now open for Servant Leadership Conference 2018, mm-hmm. Shift into Drive. Yeah, super exciting. <laughs> Navigating Servant Leadership. We're really, really excited about this one. Will be probably the most interactive conference we have had in, well, this will be the eighth year. Yeah. So um, really, really looking forward to it. And early bird pricing is in effect, guys, so register. Yeah, definitely. And so for now, this is... Um, this is uh, us at the Servant Leadership Institute and, and for this podcast signing off. And we can't wait to, to uh, talk about more things next week. So thank you, Carol. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. Bye.